Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a medallia company, and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. I'm joined on today's podcast by Barry Kelly, the CEO of Thought Industries, and we're going to be discussing various components of a successful customer education program. I get a lot of questions on this topic, and I'm really excited to learn more. So, Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. I usually like to ask our guests about their path into customer success. In your case, I'd really love to understand the path that brought you to Thought Industries. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun number of years. I I was fortunate enough. I'm originally from Ireland, uh, living here in the United States now, and um, mm-hmm. I got my start in in online learning uh, actually back in 2001. Um, I went to work with with an awesome team at uh, Berkeley College of Music and was involved in helping you know build the online music school there and um, sort of spent nearly seven years involved in um, you know the delivery of learning the uh, the go to market. Market side, so responsible for marketing and sales and 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 and, and growth, and um, mm-hmm. it was my first introduction to everything that it takes to sort of launch a sort of externally focused learning operation, and uh, from the technologies required, from the types of products that you create, how to affect behavior change, how to grow, how to scale, how to report, um, and all the uh, really important and exciting components about you know uh, and ha- about online learning overall, and so my career is that was a sort of the foundation for my career worked with a lot of organizations to help them grow and scale learning operations and uh, back in uh, about five years ago 2014 we founded thought industries i'm one of the co-founders and, and ceo and um, you know we focus exclusively on, on what we call external learning delivery and uh, focus very specifically in, in sort of customer learning customer training and um, that is how we you know have uh, helped organizations affect you know, change throughout the, the full customer life cycle. Um, also, running a SaaS company, uh, we get to learn a lot about customer success ourselves uh, <laughs> internally uh, in very close detail. Lots of sleepless days and nights. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it's really helped us kind of understand from the inside out what it takes to, to have a successful CS operation. And um, we're really um, excited about how the effects of training and behavior change can affect um, the sort of the long-term retention of your customers. 
So let's just dive right in and start talking about it. Um, customer education programs really vary. I've seen everything from CSMs flying out to offices and walking customers through their solution in person to really comprehensive online training programs that include things like certification assessments. How does company maturity play into the kind of customer education that an organization should provide? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think maturity is, a, is an important part of it. Um, you know, there's certainly a, a, a lot of different ways to sort of deliver, you know, a training and, and, and learning. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I suppose if you broke it down into sort of three different components, maybe the starting out organizations will tend to maybe do more of the sort of one-to-one training, right? Whether that's mm-hmm. in person. So, you know, maybe you're onboarding customer kickoffs, you know, one day, two day on site, or you have a series of weekly meetings, you know, especially on enterprise technologies where, you know, the customers are being trained and onboarded, um, you know, in, in that way. Um, you know, we st- you sp- from there start to see maybe organizations expand into maybe you know more uh, one to many, so it might be more a webinar or uh, more instructor led training where you're doing virtual trainings with you know the likes of Webex or Zoom or go to training mm-hmm. or you know those types of tools, and then maybe that in in you know alongside uh, maybe some sort of knowledge base or video library, but that's usually where we see it start. Um, everybody you know for the most part starts there, and then you begin to start to butt your head against scale. Um, all right. right. What happens now when um, I just onboarded a team and two people left for a new job or moved to a different department? How do I go and uh, you know re-onboard my my product champions? Um, and how do I do that when I also am onboarding 400 other customers right now? Um, so <laughs> yeah. those things happen and they happen quickly. They also you know you start to you know notice. Things like how do I how do I consolidate the um, the delivery? Like how do I manage all the operations of learning? So users, user management, measurement. How do I start to think about things about persona based learning? Um, so organizations start to get to the point where they realize, okay, now I need to consolidate on some sort of technology to help me to do this. And you know, it's a plug into the you know, and, and start to look at their existing customer success stack you know, they, they start to look at sort of formal learning systems to do so. So, you know, that's the starting point. I think the intermediate uh, part is probably when you realize you need a technology and um, start to look at ways to introduce self-paced learning. Um, so, you know, or on-demand learning where you can create products and experiences for your learners to be able to interact with these, uh, you know, in their own time and place. Um, start mm-hmm. to look at things like building pathways, um, ways to sort of consolidate blended delivery where, you know, an onboarding process might be one part you know, um, sort of a virtual or on-demand course. Another part might be a sort of virtual delivery one-to-many on a team. And you just start to, the intermediate folks are starting to uh, consolidate um, the operational side, build more learning, build micro-learning, um, mm-hmm. deploy it. And and so that's where we see the sort of intermediate uh, uh, organizations. And then you get to, I suppose, I suppose for scale, right? What, what happens after that? And this is, you know, it certainly gets really exciting um, because we start to see organizations look for, you know, sometimes a transformation is from a cost center to a profit center, which we're seeing quite a bit. It's a really exciting time, I think, as, as we think about it. We're seeing 
like learning subscription products now at SaaS companies. Um, we're starting to see, you know, so you're starting to see things like blended learning where you're building persona-based learning uh, pathways. So, you know, if you think a little bit about a team that's onboarding, maybe it's a multidiscipline team. There might be marketers, there might be designers, there might be content people, there might be technologists. You know, each of them take, need to take a different pathway through your technology for proficiency. And you mm-hmm. want to be able to curate that, right? That's kind of one thing. Um, you start to get into skill assessment and how do you begin to connect product outcomes with, with uh, you know, learning outcomes. Um, and then there's other things, right? The monetization. How are you, if you're going to monetize learning, how are you doing it? Are you doing it through a credit system? Are you doing it, you know, credit card transactions? Is it part of the license? Um, and then other things are, you know, uh, industry and ecosystem certifications, right? So what about your resellers and your partners and your consultants, you know, I suppose large software organizations that have, you know, distributed partner um, organizations, you know, are looking at how do we keep them certified, understanding the product, representing us, um, you know, in the most effective way in the market. So those are the organizations at scale or maybe the more advanced operations. Um, so yeah, it's been, maturity is a large part of it. And it's exciting to, to be able to see that sort of trajectory of, of, of organizations as they adopt, you know, training into the customer success lifecycle. Yeah, there's, there's really a lot to it. Um, as, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about the customer lifecycle too, because I think when I think of training, I often think of it as coming right at the beginning, but I, I suspect there's probably training that needs to occur at various stages in the the company's life cycle or the yeah. customer's life cycle. How do you think about that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an exciting part of it, right? Because I like to look at the bigger picture of this and, um, you know, my, most organizations will focus in one place first because you should do that, right? Maybe it's uh, onboarding, for example, probably see the lion's share of focus, you know, in the onboarding process. Um, but if you think about the customer lifecycle, especially in maybe more complex uh, technologies or enterprise technologies, you know, learning uh, starts up front. I mean, if we take HubSpot, for example, and you think about their strategy, they're training, you know, the future marketers uh, in the world, right? Their, their strategy is, is, uh, is, is, is designed to help individuals become better marketers, right? And by understanding mm-hmm. marketing inside and out and understanding the best practices of that, you begin to understand and understand what types of technologies you're going to need. And so um, I think it's the same thing you know, across the board, thinking a little bit about the prospecting process, like in your sales funnel, in order for someone to understand that they need your product or understand how to to leverage your product, understand how to evaluate your product, um, they have to have a certain level of understanding of their needs. And, and, and I suppose things, um, that are happening, that are exciting, that are cutting edge in the market that are going to help them differentiate. So that's the sort of acquisition process where we see learning. Um, so mm-hmm. we've seen more and more learning departments work with the marketing team. Um, and, and then we start to look at trial optimization. So if you're an organization that's doing, you know, software trials, you know, uh, I guarantee you we're all looking at, um, you know, trial conversion rates and how do you, yeah. <laughs> how do you get an edge on that? Right. And so if you think about it, you're putting your, your, you know, depending on, on what's going on, you're putting a lot of pressure on your prospect to understand your product really, really quickly. Um, and, and understand and make it an evaluation decision. So how do you supercharge, 
the learning part of that? Um, and how does that uh, impact the outcomes of, of a, a successful trial? Um, so that, that's, that's the other area we think, you know, we see a lot. Obviously, we talked a little bit about onboarding. You know, I think there's so mm-hmm. many statistics out there about the importance of that period of time with the customer and time to value in that time period. So, you know, we see a really important, you know, um, there's a really important component of learning in there as well. <clears throat> um, and then sort of post onboarding, it's all about product adoption. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the cool thing there is that you know I sort of we see it in sort of in two categories. We have what you call context learning, which is how do I use this piece of technology? Show me how to which button to press, which form to fill out, which button to which what to download and what to do with it. Right, that's the functional context understanding of the platform. And there's plenty of technologies out there that do that really well. Um, but also what's really important alongside that is application learning. How do you apply um, the technology for business success? Because ultimately, right, mm-hmm. your renewal, your churn, your upsell, your cross-sell, that is all associated with the customer having success, the time to value, right? The success with your technology. And so new features, product adoption, all of that stuff post-onboarding, um, you know, training and behavior change become tremendously important. Um, so so that's the that's the kind of life cycle. There's certainly, you know, ecosystem life cycles where, again, you have trainers and consultants and bars and channels and all the other people that need to be certified. But, you know, I think thinking holistically about that customer life cycle is is really interesting and and you can you can you know you're going to have you're going to be uh, really popular with the marketing team and sales team you know if you're <laughs> if you're working yeah. up front Absolutely I I also wanted to ask you about how you tackle um different personas um most most organizations with their product are, you know, they have maybe a decision maker or they have somebody who's kind of the main administrator or power user. And then they've got a lot of different users that are using the solution as well. Yeah. How do you think about all of those different personas when you're trying to get people through training? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the the persona component is is really important. Um, it's it, you know people's time is valuable, um, and time to value and the value component of success is going to be different based on the the profiles of the team you're onboarding, right? Um, you know, if you think that the technologist or the person that's implementing against your APIs is going to care about, you know, um, some sort of design widget or content creation capabilities, right? They're not, right? And so um, their value is, is drastically different than, you know, the content person. And the business owner is going to, you know, have right. different levels of needs. The analyst is going to have different sets of needs. Um, they don't have a lot of time. As we all know, we're busy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in SaaS companies, uh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff to do and we all have 10 jobs. So, um, you know, you think about it, um, you, if you can make sure that you focus on persona based delivery, um, it's going, it's going to benefit very much. We, we have a, a feature we call learning pathways, which allows you to do that, right? Allows you to say, okay, you know, this is the particular individual, um, what do we determine as, as a, as a good, um, you know, outcome and what, what way, what 
paths should they cut through through the learning? And obviously, you can open up and make everything available, but you certainly want to uh, provide them with with an approach to do it. You can also get into certifying, you know, personas as well. So that becomes exciting. It's kind of in a compelling way to get Mm -hmm. someone compelled to kind of move through the full suite of learning. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think it factors in really heavily into, into how you think about your content strategy. So one thing I've noticed when I've been training my own teams is that um, having a variety of different kinds of training, so hands-on training, videos, classroom-style training, online training, it works really well and it helps keep people engaged. Um, What do you see your customers doing in terms of variety? I know you mentioned earlier in one of your answers, micro-learning. I'd love to hear more about that and, and just some other things that people are doing that are creative and provide variety. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's an interesting. Yeah, micro learning. You just need a micro- magnifying glass and just really small font. But, um, <laughs> I, I, <joke>. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, we we love uh, all these fun terms in online learning, but um, yeah, I think you know. Um, you know, we talk a lot, of, you know, at our organization about, you know, diversification of learning, right? There's, um, and, and, and what we call, we do work with a lot of our customers on sort of product ideation, right? So you put 10 people in a room, you ask them what online learning or learning is, and you'll get 10 different answers, right? So there is, um, you, when you begin to design learning delivery, you think a little bit about, we think about two things. One, outcome, right? So that's really important. Okay. The second thing, right, is is experience, right? What's, where am I? What am I doing? Am I in the field? Am I on a am I on a mobile phone? What am I doing? Am I interacting with an app? Like, what's the context in which the person is is learning, and how are they learning, and how much time do they have? So, you if you take a step back and you first think a little bit about those things, you think about the persona, then you design the learning product for that need, right? Um, so, you know, examples micro learning is great. It basically means short format learning. Um, you know, some mm-hmm. so an article I can read quickly, a quick video, um, an assessment, and uh, maybe a survey, like things that are just are going to. Hey, I've got five minutes. I need to figure out uh, this thing very, very quickly, and I want to get. I want to go a little deeper than maybe an FAQ, right? Um, got it. So that's you know uh, a, a great way to do that. It's all co- good. Micro learning is great for topping up too, right? New feature, top it up, right? Quick piece of information, or hey, here's some new stats on on time to value, you know, or here's a new stat, you know, maybe it's a CS platform, and you know, here's some you know, valuable information on managing, you know, retention uh, pipeline or whatever, right? Um, those mm-hmm. types of things are you know, are are really important. Um, and so, you know, allow you to you kind of think about what do you deal with. Certain things are consultative as well. So if you think about uh, training, again, this comes to context as well. Like there's certain things where, you know what, I just need someone on the phone to help me workshop this or over the web. I can't, you know, I can't mm-hmm. really do I could do this online, but it's going to be a huge amount of overhead. And, you know, actually, I would, I would be able to do this much more efficiently if someone just kind of workshopped it with me. So you think about those things, right? You also think about, you know, uh, scenarios where you can do one to many, right? Where it was something that's going to provide value, mm-hmm. some sort of webinar type of thing. Um, and then, you know, the on demand as well. Um, is, is, is great because again, I, I think I mentioned in one use case where, okay, I onboard a team and, and Steve and, and Helen leave 
and uh, you know they, we need to onboard them and we need to onboard them quickly. And so sort of a self-paced learning uh, process to will will kind of help them get there. Um, and so that um, I think why you know having a diverse uh, set of uh, learning objects is is just really powerful, and and that's what's going to help you get scale um, as you and then have much more, um, I suppose, meaningful um, outcomes in the end. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. I want to let you know about a special live podcast coming up. Stripe Deck Radio and Helping Cells Radio are teaming up for one night only, September 26th, at the Service Rocket office in Palo Alto, California. Bill Cushard, the host of Helping Cells Radio, and I will be talking about our favorite episodes, sharing things we have learned about customer success from our guests, and answering your questions about our podcasts. Join us for this live podcast on September 26th at 5.30 p.m. in Palo Alto. For more information, check the link in this podcast description or go to meetup.com and search for 2019 September Palo Alto CS Meetup. We hope you'll join us. The Success League offers a research-based certification program for CSMs. This 16-class series is based on a study we conducted on the various fields that CSMs are coming from and the skills and strengths they are bringing to the table. Our comprehensive certification course helps CSMs build knowledge in new areas and enhances the background they already have. Our online classes are instructor-led by seasoned customer success leaders and include tools and exercises that CSMs and managers can use to extend learning beyond the class. Our program is designed to drive knowledge retention, meaningful change, and real results. For more information and our fall schedule, please visit thesuccessleak.io. And now back to the podcast. So Barry, what resources does it take to build a great customer education program? Um, that's a that's a really good um, you know really good question. Um, I would say, uh, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier on about the different levels of maturity in the organization and kind of w- what to bite off when. But you know, I think that you know for you know long term success or at least just you know establishing, I think the number one thing is a, is a team. And when I say team, I mean at least one person. Um, you know, we talked to lots of organizations where maybe the product manager um, or a CSM, you know, is going to decide to kind of in, involve themselves in training and on part-time basis, and that just never works out well, right? You, it's mm-hmm. just a lot of work, right? It will take a lot of time to create meaningful, um, you know, uh, learning products and and the ability to create learning experiences mm-hmm. that are going to have meaningful effects. So, having someone responsible for it or a team of folks responsible for it, you know, with with experience and training, also to manage you know, the, the evaluation, like it's, what's well, one thing to launch learning, but it's, then you have to administer it. Then you have to monitor it. You have to deploy it. You want to measure whether or not you're having success. And then you also need to be available to top up and create new content. Like in the software world, uh, we release uh, new features every two weeks. So the, you know, our responsibility mm-hmm. in, in our knowledge center is to be able to go in and we have to update existing courses with uh, content associated with the new features. We have to create net new content. 
Um, so, you know, we, the only way to do that is with a, is with a, a, some folks that are responsible for that. Um, so I think that's a really important part. Um, I think, you know, support and, and, uh, from the, from the, the executive suite at any organization, um, and I think ultimately understanding the, the possibilities, um, you know, we're only mm-hmm. starting to see organizations scratch the surface of the transition from cost center to, to profit center here. And, you know, organizations are willing to pay to be trained, right? You're going to invest a lot of money in licensing fees for software technology. Then you want your team to know how to use it. Um, trust me, like, you know, we have, you know, when we, our team, our marketing team, I want them to understand how to use our marketing automation technology really well. Um, we're really willing to invest in that. So I think having support from a C-suite standpoint is helpful because, um, you know, uh, it'll allow you to get the resources you need up front, but also help you maybe start thinking about it from, a, you know, just from a P&L standpoint. Um, how do you, um, you know, how do you begin to really think about that transition into, into sort of profit center? Um, and I think... Um, the other main part of it is, and I think I just talked about the PNL. I think you know that's just think about it, right? Uh-huh. I, there is, there's, there, there's a, a you know a real opportunity to build margin here that is significant, um, and not only sort of one-time services revenue, but you know recurring negative churn revenue, which we're all you know excited about. Um, and then I think the right technology for the right stage. Um, at a certain point. Um, you know, I think having a learning technology um, as part of your CS stack is going to be is going to be critical. If you want to do it, if you want to create a more compelling learning product, if you want to be able to have it reflect your brand, if you want to be able to create learning products and experiences quickly, if you want to be able to organize in person and virtual training efficiently, if you want to, be able to monitor and report, um, and if you want to be able to build personas and pathways, um, and you want to be able to monetize and certify. Um, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. need technology to do that. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it gets, it gets really unscalable really fast if it's just humans. It does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have another question that's sort of related to that. Um, how do you see customer training as either a team or a program fitting into the overall customer success program? What's, what's typical yeah. for your customer? Um, so our, you know, our training team are, are part of our customer success department. Um, so I think okay. that's important, especially in, in SaaS or technology. Um, you know, uh, it just, it just one sort of, sort of seamless movement, um, and the, and the involvement in all stages of the, of the customer success life cycle, you know, that, yeah, especially through onboarding, through product adoption, um, you know, the team will be very closely connected to the product team, of course, as well. But, you know, I think we see it, um, you know, it's been beneficial for it to be part of the customer success department. Um, you know, it is uh, just the training is is just really critical. And I think, as I mentioned earlier on, in all of those um, areas of the life cycle of the customer and, you know, they can, they can provide real meaningful value, um, you know, at every stage. Um, and so, you know, I think that, that makes for, it makes for, it works really well for us. And, you know, I think uh, it's funny, it's about, I think it's nearly three years ago, I did a, um, 
I spoke at one of the online learning conferences and I was talking about, you know, customer training and customer learning and to a bunch of um, um, instructional designers and folks that are had been traditionally involved uh, in internal training, right? Uh, L&D departments. And we were, yeah. I was commenting on the, what's, start, what's starting to happen in the industry, that we're starting to see, you know, all these internal L&D folks getting tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, can you spin your chair around and focus outside and, and help us, um, you know, build customer learning programs. And now we're starting to see these teams come together where learning professionals are now interacting with the marketing team, you know, in the, in the trial and, and uh, acquisition process. And they're working with the CS team, you know, in the customer, um, you know, life cycle side. And, and, and it's been really interesting. And we've, you know, more and more of these companies we were, we're talking to, uh, it's, it's fascinating to hear the stories of, you know, this, uh, like, uh, of professionals who are, you know, ultimately kind of started a career focused internally and are now, you know, part of a much larger ecosystem that uh, incorporates not only their internal employees, but the, the rest of, uh, of, of their audience. And that's, that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It's got to be exciting for them, yeah, too, you absolutely. know, to kind of make that shift. Absolutely. So what are some of the results that your customers see when they implement training and education programs for their customers? Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's certainly, a, there's a bunch of case studies on our, on our website that, you know, um, I'm happy to go check out and I, I think it'll dig into, um, you know, some of the specific stories there and certainly won't repeat them here, but, um, you know, it's really interesting. I think, you know, as you think, we think about the, overall KPIs of a customer success or organization, right? Our, um, you know, engagement rates or renewal rates or customer sentiment, you know, churn, uh, upsell, cross-sell, you know, downsell, all of those types of things that are, you know, going to, you know, move the needle uh, in any direction over time. Um, you know, our organizations have become, have gotten to, you know, a point where I think, you know, you begin to go down through all the different uh, strategies that are critical to your customer success operation, right? Um, having a system and technology to monitor sentiment, having systems and process for onboarding, mm-hmm. having a renewal process, renewal owners, um, being able to create upsell opportunities through the product, through, you know, through the internal CSM team, um, monitoring your time to value, um, all of those types of things. And so those metrics are clearly understood. And I think, you know, organizations that we're working with are beginning to layer, you know, the components of learning on top of each one of those, right? Um, and um, and how those are having effect, right? How, you know, the train, the personas of an account, how those, you know, very, very simple stat, right? Like mm-hmm. of my team that are being onboarded right now, who's certified, who's certified through the persona track? It's a pretty interesting thing mm-hmm. to do. And like there is there such a strong correlation between somebody that has invested time to learn and the level of support they're going to be required in the onboarding process. I mean, it's, it's enormous. Um, and um, that is going to have really, really strong effects on the amount of time and effort involved and the success of, and the time to value, right. In that, in that particular period. Um, I think um, other things that you're going to see effects of are, um, um, are, are, you know, in terms of retention, as I mentioned before, like, 
making sure, you know, we have a stat where we say we want to make sure that at least two people on a, on a customer team are, are, are certified trained at all times on our platform, because we know that, um, you know, the, there's a lot of changes in businesses, right? Uh, customer companies get acquired, teams change, get new reporting lines, uh, new people join companies. Um, they have affiliations with other products. They turn up, and you want to make sure that you are you have a product champion at every organization that understands your product. Um, and so, measuring their yeah. engagement with and knowledge of the product, but also measuring their engagement with the adoption of of new features. Um, because a lot of those features are going to offer, and there's certain ones we target that we know, um, you know, have have long-term benefits for growth for our customers. So, you, you know, you want to start to look at those, and then, um, you know, I think uh, organizations that are just, you know, there's it's, it's bottom line. Like we have customers who are just generating a lot more revenue. Uh, they're selling. They're selling yeah. learning and. Um, and that, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty significant thing. So I think, you know, it depends on the maturity stage of the organization. It depends on the product, right? So, you know, from, you know, deeply technical, large enterprise software technologies to, you know, actually, you know, com- commercial devices to, um, you know, to more sort of widget based technologies. Like there's a, there's a definitely, um, there's a different continuum and all of those things. There's certainly different different values associated with how learning can be incorporated. Everyone kind of figures that out himself, but um, you know, there's there's um, there continues to be you know strong correlation between you know the effectiveness of a of a an educated customer. Yeah. So many of our listeners work in early stage organizations and really a lot of them have no customer education program or it's really limited. If they wanted to boost their efforts in customer training and education, what would you recommend as a place to get started? Yeah, um, I would say, uh, you know, starting out, um, obviously understanding the sort of first thing is just sort of understanding the core pillars of the product. And um, as we mentioned before, uh, clearly defining outcomes um, before you choose any technology for, for a start, right? Um, so what is, what is my outcome? What's a, what, what am I trying to do? What sort of change am I trying to affect? Ultimately, you know, we're in the behavior change business, right? So how do you, how, what do you need to do in order to do that? Um, so I think we start there to find that, um, to find the personas of your, of your, uh, users and learners, uh, define clearly define the life cycles, um, you know, a life cycle of your customer, um, and start there. Um, and from that you can define and leverage technologies or, you know, lightweight technologies to, to be able to target those things. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, tools like we're using here, where it's uh, virtual training tools or WebEx or a Zoom, where, you know, you're simply just uh-huh. deploying, you know, a, a screen share. It's a screen share one-to-one, um, you know, delivery. Or you schedule, you know, four trainings or two trainings or one training a week, and your entire, you know, customer audience can turn up and sort of listen in or be part of that. Um, those are you know, simple piece of technology, simple to execute. You basically need, you know, good training structure. You need some good slideware, and um, you know, you need to be able to take your your customers through 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 the product um, or through the particular training. 
great place to start. Um, pretty simple. Um, you know, other places to kind of start out in that area are, you know, developing just simple screen videos. They can be ter- tremendously powerful, embed them in your platform or leverage, you know, some sort of product engagement tools like WalkMe or Pendo or uh, AppQs or one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to help you do some lightweight stuff. And certainly, you know, as I talked before, really strong for the context learning, like show me how to use the piece of software. Um, maybe not as much designed for, you know, how to be successful applying the software, you know, for success, but certainly, you know, allows you to embed, you know, strategic video and learning inside the application. Um, so I think those are really great places to start. Um, uh, a few other things like a knowledge base, uh, maybe with videos or screen videos, maybe adding some animated GIFs inside your application on, on kind of what to do. I think that's, that's those are the places to start. Yeah. But, you know, understand the persona, understand the life cycle, and then make sure the right tools for the job. Um, I would also say create a content creation framework that's scalable, that can uh, everybody can create this amazing online training course or program once uh can you create one a week uh one a day um and is it going to be compelling um you know this is one of the things is this is a true reflection of your brand so be very careful Mm -hmm. that there's a level of quality to what you do um and that that you know the continuity and the delivery of what you're training people on is is consistent with your with, with your brand attributes and your positioning um, you know, I certainly see, I've seen stuff out there where it's just, you know, done on an iPhone or something, just, just, you know, just, it's just cheap. <laughs> and, um, you know, somebody had to get something out the door, but you have to understand it ultimately reflects on the brand, um, or somebody just downloaded a webinar and, and just tossed it, the MP3 file, the MP4 file in a folder. So, would say tend to avoid some of those things. Um, there's a lot of sort of simple technologies out there, you know, like Camtasia, where you can kind of do screen videos very quickly. Wistia has got their soapbox product. It's kind of cool. Um, and then um, I think start early with tracking user engagement in, in your CRM system, whether that's Salesforce or um, even tracking information in Zendesk or whatever your, you know, your um, um, help, uh, your ticket or sort of customer support technology is because um, it's a good indication of certainly when tickets are coming in, uh, what's, your, what's the level of proficiency of this individual? Um, and then, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a curious thing we see. You know, we get these little pointers every now and again where you'll see, you know, a brand new name and there's 25 tickets and, and they're trying to learn the product through customer support. Um, and so how do you go back and target those individuals and help them help ramp them? Yeah, I, I love what you've said kind of throughout this whole interview about this being very tied to the maturity of your company. And I think um, that combined with what you just said about quality is really important. So, you know, what I see a lot with people is they kind of get frozen because they hear about all the things they could and maybe ultimately should be doing with training. And it seems very overwhelming and there's all all kinds of stuff out there. I think just start small and do a few things where you think they'll make the most difference. Put your time and energy into making those high quality things and then add to that over time. And I think that will get people where they want to go without sort of freezing them up because they're overwhelmed with all the choices. 
That's right. You nailed it. I think that's so important. Um, you know, that simplicity, simplicity, quality, um, and you know, you're going to learn, you will learn a ton in the first month, uh, first two months, first six months. Um, you're going to know a lot more about what's going on. Um, and, uh, and then it's an iteration process. That's what learning is all about. Um, I don't think there's any training or learning product that's ever been created perfectly on its first, first mission, right? So, and it's a process of iteration, yep. uh, monitoring engagement, things like that. So, um, you know, ask lots of questions, survey, um, and learn what, uh, learn what, what's happening out there with the, with the users when they engage. So last question, and this is one we ask all of our guests, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Ooh, wow, that's a good one. Um, well, I think I mean, I'm just excited to see the evolution of customer success over the number of years. And um, I think, you know, that sort of solidifying industry that we're starting to see grow around it. I think that's really exciting. Um, it's a fascinating part of the, of, of SaaS organizations and, 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 and technology companies. It's mm-hmm. just, there's so many moving parts and so much nuance to it. This subscription economy, you know, there's, well, there's so many benefits, there's so many challenges to it as well. And so I think, you know, we're just excited that the, the level of content, thought leadership, and information that's out there, and and thank you to you for for this podcast too, because it's great to be able to Thanks. you know find access. Yeah, no, it, it's really it's, it's really important because you know we're all trying to find an edge, we're all trying to figure out what everybody else is doing, um, and we're trying to improve on that and iterate and share ideas. And so I think you know overall, I'm excited about that. Um, the trend of the industry, you know, getting maturity and starting to become comfortable in its own skin a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, I suppose I, for me and my perspective, um, I was fortunate enough, um, to, to speak if, a few, uh, a, a month ago at the, at the, um, one of the customer success association conferences in Denver, I think it was with one of your colleagues, Amy there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, it was it was great. It was um, you know Michael Blaisdell. He's he's he heads up the uh, Customer Success Association. Mm-hmm. Really awesome day. The programming was really good, and the the focus was on sort of they call the profitability blueprint. Mm-hmm. It was kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier on. It was about the P and L responsibility for the customer success department, and, yeah. and he had a whole bunch of awesome stats to share that which I should I, I urge you to check out. Um, but it just was for me the as a, as a CEO and a founder of a company, but also somebody that's deeply involved in lots of different components of customer success, from tactically involved in it to strategically involved in it to building a product that's you know being delivered to the market to our customers who are doing it. Um, it just um, was. It's really interesting to see um, how. Uh, customer success is becoming so important and so prominent in the world uh, of SaaS organizations. And I think the P&L and the opportunity of revenue and revenue assured, uh, assurance and revenue, um, uh, uh, I suppose, growth mm-hmm. in around this area is something that's really interesting to me. And I think I think that's it. It's more, it's rather than, hey, here's some specific you know, um, component or, or some specific feature or some specific technology or approach or strategy. Uh, to me, I think it's, 
I think it's the industry, the evolution of customer success industry that's most exciting to me, I think, at the moment. Um, but that's, 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 that's my personal perspective, I suppose. Thank you. Um, Barry, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate your practical advice and ideas for our audience. And uh, thanks for challenging all of us to push customer education programs forward. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Not at all. My pleasure. Thank you for, for allowing me to spend time with you guys today. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.